Okay, we're up to the, uh, the seventh of the Yisra that they brought, uh, and we're learning about Lotin Af, Yisra to uh, have adultery. It's mentioned a couple of times in the Torah. Number one in uh, number one in Yisra uh, Sadibras, obviously, and then it's mentioned again uh, as part of the list of the Arayot in Achrei uh, Motan Kedoshim. Here I quoted the pasuk in Vayikrachaf. Vish Asher Yinavet Eishet Ish Asher Yinavet Eishet Reeru Mot Yumat. So here it's explicit that there's a chiv meter on adultery. Um, and uh, there's lots of different extra words here which Chazal dash and various different uh, halachas from. Uh, I want to focus on the phrase Eishet Re'ehu. Uh, Chazal say, if you have a look at Gemara here in uh, Sanhedrin Nun Bet Mudbet, Ish Pratnakata. So if you're a husband of a, a, a child, um, Sorry, if a, if a not husband child, if a man who was not a man who was a child who was committed adultery would be chayev. Hashem nafet eishet re'eu, perhaps le'eishet katan. If they have a wife of a child, which is hard to work out how you could have such a thing, um, you would not be chayev misa for such a thing. Uh, the most important one is eishet re'eu, prat le'eishet acherim. That. Uh, you're only chayv on Eishet Re'eu, but not Eishav's others. Who are the others? So Rashi fills in the blank. Le'eishet Acherim, Nochrim. So you were married to a Goy. There's no of Mita for adultery with the wife of a Goy. Why? So Rashi says, Ashminan, She'ein Kiddushin, Le'nochri. Umihach atipoblan, Bechol Duchta. So Rashi says, this is the source to this idea that uh, non-Jews can't have Kiddushin. Kiddushin is the unique, uh, we're trying to explain it, uh, the unique bond, the act of marrying husband and wife that exists within Halacha, um, that creates a unique bond between them, and it doesn't exist by non-Jews. So a wife of a non-Jew who doesn't have Kiddushin with her husband, there's no of Mita if, if a, uh, a Jew committed adultery with her. That doesn't mean obviously it's Muta. Right? There's an independent Issa as one of the Sheva Mitzvot B'nai Noach of, of adultery. Right? So obviously there's still an Issa is by non-Jews, there's certainly an Issa by Jews. But uh, and if a non-Jew would commit adultery with another non, the wife of another non-Jew, he'd be Chayav Mita, as with all of the seven Mitzvot B'nai Noach. But a Jew, the Chayav Mita is limited to the unique Jewish Issa, which is to commit adultery with a, no- a woman who has Kiddushin with a Jewish man. Okay, so that's the, the uh, drushas in the Quran Sanhedrin. Um, that the Issa is based on the existence of Kiddushin. Now, obviously, it's not true by, by, uh, by non-Jews. Have a look at the Gemara Nun Zayin, Sanhedrin Nun Zayin. The Tani Rabbi Hanina, Gulat Baal, Yesh Lehen, Nichnasa Lechup of Loni Vala, Ein Lehen. Rashi explains again, Baal Yesh Lehen, Dichtiv, Hi Gulat Baal, Velokativ, Ha'eshet Ish. So what defines a couple as married in a non-Jewish sense is they live together, husband and wife, and they have beer together. Right? There's actual intimate relationships between them. Only when there's beer, they are described, defined as husband and wife. If the husband would propose and give kiddushin, uh, it wouldn't make his wife into the status of an ashat ish. Right? That's not enough. In, uh, for, between non-Jews, they actually have to have the actual relationship in reality where they live together as husband and wife. Okay, so already the first distinction between a Jewish marriage and the issue of adultery by Jews and a non-Jewish marriage and the issue of adultery by non-Jews emerges. By Jews, it's because of the Kiddushin 
of the uh, bond that's formally created between them. Whereas by non-Jews, it's a, the reality of living together as husband and wife, only in that context is there an issue of adultery. Another distinction which is very important is, is, uh, is included in the issue. Have a look at my Sanhedrin, Nun Chet, by non-Jews again. Ben Noach, Haba al Eishet Chaver Shalok Kedarka. Patur, Ma'atama Be'ishto, Velo Be'ishet Chavero, Vedavak, Velo Shalok Kedarka. So the Gemara learns out that because the Issa of adultery by non-Jews is learned from the phrase Vedavak Be'ishto, right, which implies the reality of living together as husband and wife, and a, and a total unity, so that's only achieved through a Kedarka, in a normal way. Whereas, Bishalok Kedarka, number one, it wouldn't make a marriage, but more significantly fast now, um, there's no Chi of Mita on a Goy who commits adultery with a wife, a non-Jewish wife, if the adultery was done Shalok Kedarka. That's very important. It's not true about, about the Issa by Jews. Command Sanhedrin Nun Dalad, jumping all over all over these Dapim in Sanhedrin, When it comes to the Issa of Arayot, not just Aishatis, but by all the Arayot, uh, it makes no difference whether the beer is Kadarka, Shalok Kadarka, the Chi of Mita exists in all cases. So to summarize it very quickly, by, by a Jewish marriage, the Issa is by Kiddushin. And then the issue is any sort of beer with that woman, you're already Chayav Mita. Whereas by non-Jews, the, the marriage is created only by Bia, by the, the actual reality of living together husband and wife, and that requires Bia Kadarka. And similarly, the Isa of adultery, or the Chi of Mita on adultery, is only when there was Bia Kadarka. Okay, so what, what's, really, what's really going on? What's the fundamental difference between these two uh, Isurim of, of, uh, of adultery? So to understand, we have to really uh, appreciate uh, another point which is that beyond the Isra of Eishat Ish, the actual list, the list of a, a riot by Jews and by non-Jews uh, is significantly different. If you go through Perek Chaf, uh, or Yotchet in Yotchet, uh, in Achrei Mosul Vedoshim, and you have the whole list of all the various different forbidden relationships, um, there, there's a long, long list. And the list on Jews is significantly different and shorter. Have a look at the Rambam here in Hilchose um, Melachim, where he lists, uh, goes to the midst of Bnei Noach, and in Perek Tet, Halacha Hey, he lists that there are only Sheish Arayot Asurot Le Bnei Noach. There are only six. Um, there are only six uh, Arayot on the list for non-Jews. What are they? Ha'aim, Eishet Ha'av. The mother, the husband, the father's wife, Eshet Ish, a married Achoto Mi'imo, his uh, a sister from his mother, Zachor, a man, Behema, an animal. And the Ramam goes ahead and lists uh, the drushas, the, the source for this idea is only six. The Ramban in Yavama, Tzadichet, uh, explains a little bit more that basically there are two types of exclusions from the list of Arayot. Why, why do we have such a longer list than, than non-Jews? So the first is relations which are through the father's side. Uh, for various reasons, uh, the, oh, we understand that the connection uh, through a father, right, your sister on the father's side, or your brother on, your, you know, brother on the father's side, is a less close relationship um, 
than through the mother. It's less the same flesh. It's less the same sekirva. Uh, so uh, the, that, that's excluded by non-Jews. Right? The father's part in defining your identity is somehow less significant. Um, it's not entirely insignificant. There are various halachas which uh, apply to non-Jewish fathers as well as non-Jewish mothers. But uh, nevertheless, it's less significant and there's no issue of our riot by relations through the father. The Ramban adds another point which is very important for us. Who are dear nami but arayot de ishut kogon eshet krovin dumotarot begeyotan vigabayot kicha kativ lohu veinhu kicha late lohu. So the Ramban explains that many of the list of arayot, many of the list of these forbidden relationships are relatives, people you're related to through marriage. For example, the Wife of your sister, of your no, the, the sister of your wife, right? Or the brother of the husband, right? All these, or all these sorts of uh, relations are only they're only related to them through marriage. So when it comes to Jews, that's on the list. Even people you're only related to through marriage, they're considered relations, and since they're in the relations, they're included in the list of forbidden relationships. Pardon. Well, that's because you're a big year in your av. Um, but uh, it's an exception. Um, whereas, as, uh, when in terms of beyond directly your father, your relationships to, through your wife are not considered your relatives. Okay? And Aisha's is really an exception to this. Um, why? Why is that true? By non-Jews, think people they're related to only through marriage are not really considered related to. So the Ramban explains this because there's no Kiddushin. In other words, Kiddushin is the key to understanding the difference here. Kiddushin isn't simply some formal ceremony in which you get married and defines you as married. But Kiddushin is a bond between husband and wife that defines them as a single unit. To the point that husband and wife are one unit to the extent that her relatives are now are now his relatives. And his relatives are her relatives. Why is that true? Because the act of Kiddushin basically changes her identity. She is no longer just Mrs. Cohen. Sorry, she is no longer just Miss Levy. Levy right? She becomes Mrs. Cohen. She takes on, to a certain extent, the identity of, of her husband. Part of her husband's identity is her identity because they're one unit. And that change in status... What comes with that change in status is the reality that her relatives are now related to him, and therefore her sister is very much like his sister, and hence it's included in the list of of Arayot. Now the Ramban, um, the Ramban uses this. um, Just just maybe spell out a little bit more this idea that, that marriage is changing her status. Have a look at the, uh, the Gemara beginning of Kiddushin. Um, there are two expressions to describe the initial act of getting married in Halacha. There's, there's Kiddushin and there's Erosin. So Erosin is the last one we find in the Torah. Kiddushin is a rabbinically created phrase. And the Gemara wants to say, what does Kiddushin mean? And says, my lishna de Rabbanon. What is this language of Rabbanon that they use the term Kid to describe a marriage? The asala akule alma When a person marries her, he places upon her an isu. 
just like, just like Hekdesh. In other words, marriage is not just a bond between me and, uh, and my wife. It actually places on her, changes her status, creating an issa upon her. Um, now, all of this explain, the Ramban uses to explain a very interesting uh, question which bothered the Ramban. It's quite surprising that the Ramban so, took it so seriously, but they did. There was a Masorah in Chazal. There is a Masorah in Chazal, Rashi quotes it sometimes out of Torah, that the Avot kept Kol HaTorah Kola. Even though the Torah hadn't yet been given. Nevertheless, they somehow understood what was included in the Yisurim of the Torah, and therefore, and therefore they kept Kol HaTorah Kola before it was given. Okay, so it's a, it's a favorite pastime of, uh, you know, good uh, yeshiva students and uh, Rabbanon to, uh, to ask all the thousand kashas, or how could Avram do this, and how could he do that, and what would he do this, and, uh, you know, what did Avram do on Shabbos, because if he was a Jew, then, then uh, he had to, mustn't count, carry in the Rishas Rabin, but if he was a Goy, and he kept Shabbos, then, then he'd be high of Misa, all these sorts of funny uh, questions you can ask. One of the major questions... Um, how had Abraham been to serve milk and meat to the angels? The list of questions never end. Um, but one of the questions that comes up a lot is, how did Yaakov Avinu marry two sisters? Once he'd married Leah, Rachel is Eshet, Azachot Ishtar. So why is he allowed to marry his wife's sister? Says the Ramban, there's no problem. So, right, it's not enough that they are pre-Mat and Torah, because Yaakov Avinu keeps Kola Torah Kola. But pre-Mat and Torah, even if they kept Kola Torah Kola, there wasn't a concept of, of Kiddushin. Kiddushin was a Kiddush, a phenomenon that began post-Torah. Post, uh, post and therefore the Ram says, ah, so, so since there was not Kiddushin, therefore Le- Rachel was not considered a relative of Yaakov Avinu through his wife, because there wasn't a Kiddushin, and therefore there was no Issa. That's what the Ramban writes in the middle of a Lomdesh Asugir in, in Yavam Sardichet. Okay, not just a, a cute vault. Um, but uh, it speaks out very well, the, the Lomdesh of, of the Sugir. Isn't the tradition that they, they kept Halacha? Yeah, they, they kept Halacha. Correct. Even, even if they kept Kola Torah Kola, but they, there was no Metziah tradition. So it, even if they kept, they kept the Halacha, but the Halacha was, but there's no... Oh, no, 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 but there's still halachas. That's, that's why you have to work out well, how, how you explain each one. But they're only able to keep kolot or kolot where the, the reality of that halacha actually exists before. Right? So if... Uh, I can't give another example now, but uh, if there's no significance of a certain reality, so then there wouldn't, the halacha simply wouldn't apply. Can It's a good question. Um, I haven't got a good answer for you. It's a good question. Apparently, the, 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 the status, which is chal, on the woman when she gets married, the Ramam assumes that status is by the Torah. It's not that I give her the status, but the Torah changes the status, and therefore you need the Torah to have been given to create that status. And as long as the status doesn't exist, the halacha doesn't exist. So wouldn't the Torah also give the status of the Apparently not. That's the Torah, but that's for another time. Okay, Okay. Now, um, so all this, all this explain the Ramban. Uh, the Ramban begins. Um, uh, the Ramban begins. Uh, Hilchus Ishus really describing this phenomenon. Have a look uh, in Hilchus Ishus. The very very first halacha. Kodem Matan Torah. Before Matan Torah, what was marriage? 
Hayadam pogea beisha beshuk. You would meet a girl in the market. Im ratsa hu vehi lisa ota machnisa leveita uboala beino leveinatzma v'tiyeh lo leisha. Right, so you know, so there's mats near first, love at first sight. They meet in the in the middle of the shuk. He likes her, she likes him, and boom, they go and get. Okay, a Las Vegas wedding. But the, the aside of the thing is, it's not a Las Vegas wedding. It's that they decide to be married, and they create the the, the actual reality of living together as husband and wife, and that's what marriage is. That's pre matan Torah, post matan Torah. Came and shenit Torah. Once the Torah was given, nitstavu Yisrael. If a man wants to get married, before they can live together as husband and wife, he has to do a formal act of, of engaging her, of, uh, of marriage. Right? He has to do a maizakinion that defines them as marriage. It has to be in front of Eidim, it has to be a public event. Then she's defined as his wife. Okay, so, so that's really the, the key distinction. Right, we know there are two stages of, of Jewish marriage. There's Kiddushin and, and Nisuin. Kiddushin, all there is, is a formal bond. You place a status on her, Shneshesish. At that point already, if she commits adultery, she's Chayv Misa, somebody sleeps with her, is Chayv Misa. But, but she, there is no living together with her husband yet. It's still Asa for her to live with her husband. Right, in the times of the Gemara, there was a year's break between the Kiddushin the, and the Nisuin. Where she lived in her house, he lived in her house, and uh, you know, I don't know if they met up. Maybe, maybe yes, maybe no. But it's far besides the point. Um, they only began to live together as husband and wife after a year's um, separation. So it's a very clear indication of, of, of Jewish marriage being formally defined, and their non-Jewish marriage being defined in a very pragmatic sense. The Yoshami even speaks this out further. Have a look at Yoshami here in the beginning of Kedushin. What is there a concept of divorce? So, Milte de Rebbe Elazar Amra, Vushnit Kavin Liknota, Milte de Shmuel Amra, Afilu Nonit Kavin Liknota. First of all, the first point here is Shalmi. When a, two people decide to live together and, they, ha- and uh, they sleep together, so by non Jews, do they have to intend that this should be an act of marriage? Or it's enough that they're living together as husband and wife, as man and woman? So the first day here says, no, you're coming. There has to be beer in, in, in the understanding that what we're trying to do is marriage. But the second day says, no. If you're living together as man and woman, that is non-Jewish marriage. It's the reality, right, that they are together. The, the, the flip side of this is divorce. So they don't have this concept, this formal concept of, of kiddushin to create the marriage. You want to make up a Jewish marriage, there's only one way. Right, the guy, the guy can go to the other side of the world, can visit Timbuktu for years. They're still married because they had kiddushin. It creates a formal bond. She's an ish. How do you break the marriage? Only by the husband giving the wife a get. And then, even if they're living in the same house, if he gave her a get, that is divorced. The goyim have the same idea. So, Rabbi Yoda, Ben Pazi, Rabbi Hanin, Be Shem, Rabbi Chuna. Ruba the Siporin, Osha Einhem Gerushin, Osha Shnein mit Gerushin Zedze. Either there's no concept of the Gerushin. They're living together, husband and wife, there's no concept at all. Right? And therefore that's it. Once they start to be together, they're, they're together for life. Right? So the Catholic approach. Um, alternatively, 
No, there's easy Gerishin. What's Gerishin? They just leave each other. They separate. The moment they decide we are no longer living together, right? They don't stay, share the same bedroom anymore. That's it. They are divorced. Since, since the whole marriage was defined by the reality of the husband and wife, so divorce is defined by not living together. Whereas Jewish marriage is defined by a formal process of, 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 uh, of Kiddushin and broken by the formal process of, of Gerushin. Now, where does all this lead to? Let's get back to the Isra of Eishas Ish. What exactly is the problem of Eishas Ish? What's the Isra? What, 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 what is the, where lies the problematic nature of the adultery that makes a person chayvis? So by Jews, it should be very clear. The fact that there's no formal bond, all there is, is the reality of the relationship between husband and wife. So what's the problem with adultery? There's only one option. It's the violation of that relationship. That the, another man gets in between the two of them, right, and violates the fidelity of that relationship. That's the that's the issa, right? It's basically is taking away um, somebody else's wife from him. It's almost it's a bit like Geneva, stealing somebody's wife because you're you're, uh, you're taking you're sleeping with her and she's really uh, you know her his and not uh, the the husband's not not this man's. Uh, sharpened it even a little bit more, we pointed out that the only thing a uh, non-Jew would be chayav mita for is bia kadarka. Why should it only be bia kadarka? So we learn the drasha, the davak be'ishto, that's marriage, v'lo be'ishet chavero. You know, it's only when you do an act which, which is an act which could have created marriage. That's nice chayav mita for. So if, the, if the, the adulterer does an act which is the act of marriage of non-Jews, with this wife. So basically what he's doing is he's trying to replace the first husband. And that's a tremendous violation, impingement of the, uh, of the reality of the bond between them. And therefore that is considered adultery. Basically adultery is trying to replace the first husband, trying to take away the wife from the husband. It's a violation of the relationship. However, that's all true by non-Jews. That's clear by non-Jews that that's the concept of adultery. But by Jews, you could really ask the following question. It's not clear. After we've described such length that by, by Jews the Kiddushin is a formal bond that's created a status change in the woman. So we can ask, what's the nature of the prohibition? Is the problem the violation of the relationship between husband and wife? That by sleeping with the wife he's being pogea in the husband, he's taking away the husband from the wife. Or, and it's a violation of the relationship between them. Or no, once we say that she has a formal status... So maybe the problem is that formal status creates an Issa on her, like we saw in the Gemara and Kiddushin. The Kiddushin creates this Issa. And we already saw in the beginning that the Issa of Ashish is listed as one of the Arayot. In other words, the act of marrying her turns her into an Ashat Ish, and Ashat Ish is a form, is a status that carries with it an Issa on her and makes her one of the forbidden relations. I'd say it very tersely. It's basically just as chazir, it's asa to eat a piece of chazir. Right? There's an iso status on the chazir. It's not that you're pagaring somebody, the pig owner, right? by eating it. It's, it the, the, the object itself carries an iso on it. So to an ashes, that status carries on it an iso, and it's therefore the beer itself is asa. Right? So what, what exactly is the nature of the iso of ashes by Jews? Is it because of a status or could be in the in the relationship? How could you find such enough kamin of this? You'd have to find a case where 
she still has the status of Aishas Ish, but there's no Pegir in the relationship. So you want to find a case of an Aishas Ish where she doesn't have a husband. How could you find such a case? So the simplest case would be the husband dies. Because then there's no husband, but maybe she still has a state of Aishas Ish. However, that's definitely not true. Because we know when a husband dies, she becomes mutter. So even if you tell me this was because of a status, clearly the, the death clears the state. So what we really have to understand is what exactly going, is going on in, in Misa. When, why does the husband's death permit his wife and get rid of the Esau ish? Have a look at the Gemara and Mishnah and Gemara in Kiddushin. The Mishnah says, Kona et atzma beget A woman goes free a woman becomes permitted either by the husband giving her a get or by the husband dying. So when I says, Bishlam, a get, I understand how a get permits her. There's a passage in the Torah says, if you give her a sefer kritot, she's now permitted. How do you know that death permits her? It's obvious. The whole issue was based on him. And now he's gone. He's dead. So he's permitted. But then the Gemara carries on. Oh, it's not so simple that just because he created the Issa that it should therefore go when he dies. Vaha Arayot. There are many cases of Arayot. For example, Eishet Av or or Eishet Ach. Right? Where even when the guy dies, the husband dies, the Issa carries on. So it's not obvious that when somebody dies, the Issa automatically evaporates. Right? So who says? says, You can have a marriage that creates an Issa, and when he dies, the Issa doesn't dissolve. So just take a moment to appreciate what's going on. If we said that the Issa of Eshet Ish is because of the beginning in the relationship between the husband and wife, then what the Gemara said at the beginning here is obvious. When the husband dies, it's a svara ba'alma. Obviously, she's permitted. If the whole nature of the Issa was a begir in the relationship, so when the husband dies, you don't need a Pasuk to tell me that it's now muta, because there is no relationship. It's gone. But, if the Issa, but then the Gemara carries on, says, what about a riot? And goes, maybe I'll learn from a riot that the Issa of Eishet Ish carries on even after the husband's death. Unbelievable. The Gemara has a serious Havamina to think that the Issa of Eishet Ish exists even when the husband's dead. Which is a proof like no other that what's really behind the Issa of Eishet Ish is not a pigir in the relationship, but her status that she received upon the Kiddush. The only way to read the Havamina. If you like, the difference between the Havamina, the first line of the Gemara and the second line of the Gemara, is HaKakira, is upon the relationship. He dies, obviously, she's mutter. Or is it about the uh, status? In which case, he dies, uh, it's not obvious. And the Gemara says, I need a Pasuk, I need a Limud, I need something to teach me that when the husband dies, she becomes permitted. The fact that I need something demonstrates the seriousness of this Havamina 
that it's really the status that's the source of everything. What's the source at the end of the day? Ketiv. So here we have a passage that's connecting, giving a get to the husband dying. We have a hekesh between the two. So it says, no, we have a connection, a hekesh between Gitin and Mita. The Mita is also permitted. Permits her. How do you read this last line? I could say, well, the very fact that Torah needed a pasuk teaches me that the that the Isser is about the status. And therefore I need a Pasuk to teach me that Mita is permitted. And what's the learning from Get? Get is Sefakritut. It changes her status. What's a Get? You write on a piece of paper, you're now Mutter. Hurry up, Mutter at the Koladam. The goal of a Get is to change her status. So too, Mita changes her status. And that's why she's permitted. That's the Chiddush. Meter permits, not because there's no longer a husband, therefore there's no longer a relationship, because the meter affects a change in her status, taking away the status of Aisha's ish, and therefore she's now permitted. That's one way of learning it. The other way is saying, no, the, the limud teaches us the Havamina was wrong. The limud teaches us, no, meter is mati, why? Because there's no longer a relationship, there's no longer a relationship, there's no issa to talk about. So even the, mas- the maskana, we're left with a, with a question mark. Even though it's clear in the Havamina, there's a very, very strong Havamina here, which, uh, at least according to Havamina, it's very, very clear that the issue is based on the status. Can, can we find, based on this, cases in between cases? There's a famous case of... Huh? This is what Yossi's been waiting for. Aishas Eliyahu. Famous case of Aishas Eliyahu. That's the big nafkamina. In Aishas Eliyahu, Eliyahu Anavi never died. He turned into a, a Malach. And let's assume for a moment that Malachim don't have relationships with their wives anymore. So here we have a... There's, if, if Mita is an act that affects a change in the status, so then there's no Mita. The Yisra is to carry on. But if Mita permits because... Because the Yisra was about the relationship... So as long as the husband disappears, he's turned into a malach, he's no longer got a goof. So kinireh, uh, that would also work. So the Truma Sadeshin, unbelievably, has a teshuva on this question. And uh, he was asked, Eishes Eliyar Navi, or Eishes Rabbi Yashuv and Levi, same thing, Im yochalim l'nasei l'ish acher. Well, they be permitted to marry. Right? Nafkamin l'adolot gamkein. There's really a halachic nafkamina to this question. Why? No, no, husband disappears, he still exists. If another person in history would turn into a malach. You have to know that the questions in the Truman Sadeshan, there weren't people writing to him asking him shyness. He made up the questions himself. And then he wrote the answers if he was answering somebody. So he has a whole nice teshuva there. I just read one line. He makes up with Gezeris HaKasav, Eishet Re'ehu, but not Eishet Malach. Shekulon Ruchani, Velo Gufani. So it's very clear from the Tumas Adeshen um, that he understood the issue was based on, on the relationship. He said, look, how can Tumas Adeshen make up Gezeris HaKasav? He doesn't. He said, look, the Pasuk says Eishet Re'ehu. And the point is, the issue is based on the relationship. So Malach is not included. So Eishet Re'ehu, Velo Eishet Malach, uh, maybe she still has the status of Aishas Ish, irrelevant. 
It's not about the status. The Isra wasn't about the status. It's all about the, the relationship. Uh, the, the opposite the, the sort of nafkamina is to really discuss the whole sugya of, of Yibam. Yibam is the one case where the husband dies and his wife is, does not become permitted. Right, so we have to work that one out. What's the nature of the Issa of a Yavama? Right? She was married to a man. They didn't have children. The husband dies. So she has to do Yibam with, with a brother. The husband's brother. So the husband died and she didn't become permitted. Why didn't she become permitted? So one option is to say, well, technically the husband's death permitted her. But there's now a new mitzvah that comes into the world called Yibam. And because of that mitzvah, she comes bound to marry the, the brother-in-law, the Yavan. And that mitzvah creates an Issam. So it's a totally new Issam. That's one way of learning the sugya there. But the other way is to say, no, here's an example where Mita lacks the ability to affect a total heta. And the Issa of what's called Yavama Lashuk, an Issa of a Yavama to marry anyone in the world apart from the Yavan, that Issa is a vestige of, of the original Issa of, of Eshet Ish. If you say that, you've once again proved that, that the nature of the Issa of Eshet Ish is, is about the status and not about relationship. Because our husband's dead, there's no relationship with the previous husband. But maybe the status continues even after death. So this Chakira, what's the nature of a Yavama? The Isra on the Yavama is basically the Chakir of the whole of Yavamas. And you can bring Raya's, Lakanu, Lakanu, all over the Masechda, the many, many Machokas, Tanayim and Marayim, which seem to be surrounding this question. How much do you see the Isra of Yavama as a continuation of the Isra of Eshesish, or an entirely new thing? Now, we should mention one point. Even if you want to say it's the continuation of, uh, of the Isra of Eshesish, there's a big, one big difference, and that's in the severity. The Issa of Eishas Ish is a Chi of Mita, and the Yavam Rashuk is only an Issa love, carries Malkot. So, what do you see? That even if you explain in Lomdas that the nature of an Issa of the Yavama is a continuation of the original status of Eishas Ish, but it's not enough to create the Chi of Mita. To create the Chi of Mita, apparently, you need both aspects, both the status of Eishas Ish. And, and the relationship with the husband. Once you have both, then, then you're Chayav Misa. But if you only have the Issa of Eishas Ish, so there's still an Issa, but there's no, there's no, uh, there's no Chi of Misa. Maybe go even more extreme and, uh, and discuss another possible enough community. We pointed out that, uh, that Jewish marriage has two stages. Kiddushin, where there's a formal, they give the ring over and there's a formal uh, bond created and her change, status changed into an Eishat Ish. And then a year later, or today, you know, after the Rav's Joshua, um, you do the Chuppah and you do Nisuin. And now you're allowed to live together as husband and wife. In that in-between stage, time for the Ma'awiz a year, it's Asur for the husband and wife to be together. Okay? What's the nature of that Isur? Now, the Pashtas and Issa the Rabbanon. 
It's pretzels, uh, whatever it is. But uh, there are a few makars that seem to suggest it's really an Isidoraisa. And then there's one makar which takes it all the way. Have a look uh, on your, your version of the sheets, but the Kushidim and Kubet says in uh, Ksubas Dav Zayin says the following. Came and Debaya Mesir Lechupa she still hasn't done Nisuin. Shema Mina Adlokhanel Alagamre Hilkach Havila Ka'arusat Acher Lagaba during that in-between period, she's like somebody married to somebody else. Asir elai lei kadin eshet ish. She's asa to her own husband like an eshet ish. How do you begin to understand this? So it's a very extreme shitter. But still, what, what, the basis of it is the following. The Kiddushin places upon her an isra, a status of eshet ish. Krizen Later on, a year later, we'll do Nisuin, and it will open up the Yisraveshus Ish, permitting her to her husband. But in the meantime, she has this Yisraveshus Ish, even to her own husband. So clearly, it's not about a big year in the relationship. It's about, it's about a status. But once again, even according to the Shittim uh, Gubetzes, and the name of the Ra'ar and the Rashba, there's no Chi of Mita here. It's just the Isra. There's an Yisraveshus Ish. There's no Chi of Mita. And Lechor, once again, you see this idea that even if you want to say that Eishas Ish is the basis of the, uh, of the Issa, but the Chi of Misa requires, requires both aspects, both the status and the, and the relationship. Um, finish off with, with another din, which Lechor is based on these two aspects, so it's not about the natural nature of the Issa of Eishas Ish, but the results of adultery. A woman who willingly commits adultery becomes Asa to her husband. She committed adultery with Mazid, she becomes Asa to her husband. Um, the Marik discussed the following crazy case. A woman intended on committing adultery. And she got all ready to do the whole thing. And uh, she went into the room where her adulterer was waiting for her. And it turned out after the event, that actually the adulterer and the husband had switched places, and she slept with her husband, and not the adulterer. Wow. The question got to the Marik. It really happened, apparently. The question got to the Marik, and the question was, is she now Asa to her husband? So the Marik says, Yes. Why? So we based it on the pasuk. He says, "I'll just read the, the one line." Since she intended on violating the marriage, right? Therefore, that creates the is. In other words, it's true she didn't violate the isser of Eishat ish. She didn't violate her status because the beer she did was not a biyasura. But the violation of the relationship with her husband, she went all the way and she did a maisa beer, which was a maisa beer, which was an act of, of me'ila and her husband, of destroying the relationship with her husband. And even though technically it was a beer that was mutta, nevertheless, she violated the marriage and therefore the issa to her husband was created. Okay, so it's not discussing what exactly the Issa is, it's discussing what, what creates the Issa on a wife to a husband in adultery, but it, but it focuses in on the fact that there's these two aspects 
entirely. Harik carries on and discusses Esther. He brings a rye from Esther. He says, Esther willingly slept with Achashverosh. And it says the first time she did it was Oynes, but the second time already she went ahead willingly of Kal uh, Israel to, uh, to, to go to Achashverosh and she Kasher Avadati Avadati, which Chazal Darshan, Kasher Avadati Avadati, this time it's going to, I'm going to become Asa to Mordechai. She was married according to Chazal to Mordechai, and by agreement with Achashverosh, she became Asa to Mordechai. So, Marik says, wait a second, was she Muta to sleep with Achashverosh? Of course. I mean, Gemara Darshan out exactly why, but she was saying, all of Kalani Israel. Right? And she was somewhat passive, etc. So, definitely, there was a heta for her to do this. But at the end of the day, she did it willingly. And if you do it willingly, it was a big year in the relationship, and therefore it created an ism to her husband. Okay, that's, uh, that's basically a story. Let's say we've seen really two, two ideas. One, one by non-Jews. Marriage is a, f- is a product of the reality of husband and wife, and therefore the nature of the issue is definitely a pagir in the relationship between them. And has to be done in a way that replaces the husband. Whereas by a Jewish marriage, it seems there's really two aspects. It's like one of the Arias. It's a formal issue that's called upon her. And it's about a pagir in the relationship. And it seems either one of these is, uh, both of them are responsible for the issue. And we tried, especially with the case of Eishas Eliyahu, you can hone in on one aspect without the other.